Hey folks, welcome to episode 142 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Ray Zahab. He is an explorer, ultra runner, and the founder of the nonprofit Impossible to Possible, which is an organization that leverages powerful adventures as a platform for interactive learning. In this episode, Ray shares his story of beginning as a pack-a-day smoker and then becoming a world explorer with many adventures and left lessons left in his wake. Ray has been recognized as one of Canada's top explorers. He has done a solo expedition across the Arctic, an expedition in Baffin Island, Trans-Namibia, and more. You can check out Ray on his website, RayZahab.com, and his organization at ImpossibleToPossible.com. You can also find him on Instagram at RayZahab, and find all the links to that in the show notes. Without any further ado, here's Ray. All right, Ray. Um, could you give me a little bit of a background and how you got into doing expeditions? Yeah, I, you know, and if I tell any of my stories too long, just tell me to shorten it up because I ask my family. I tell really long stories. Um, I um, I got into doing expeditions after completing a 4,500 mile run, 7,000 or so, 7,500 kilometers across the entire Sahara Desert in 2006, 2007. It was the first long expedition I did. And we ran an average of something like 40 miles a day for 111 days across the entire Sahara Desert coast to coast. And um, previous to that, and I'll back up a little bit so it has more context, uh, from 2004 to 2006, I was racing in ultra marathons around the world, um, and I fell in love with races that were, you know, had additional elements of adventure sort of attached to them, like navigation or carrying all your stuff in a pack. Those seemed to be the races that I could excel at. Backing up from before that, I raced mountain bikes and did some adventure racing um from 2000 to 2003 but before that i was a pack a day smoker unhealthy guy that until the age of 30 so really it kind of came later but fast forward from 2000 to 2007 if this isn't too confusing and when i finished the run across the sahara desert and we reached the east coast of africa after 111 days um i knew that i had taken so much knowledge like i learned so much while on an expedition, even though it was really hard and it was like, we were, you know, our bodies were beat down and we were, you know, mentally beat down by the end of the expedition, still the experience, it was so experiential. Like you were just learning by being in this place. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, I, I barely got out of high school. I dropped out of community college yet. I have this voracious appetite to want to learn. And it's, coming from adventure like it's the adventure that was you know really opening my eyes to culture and and economics and politics and uh, you know agriculture everything of this incredible place north africa i was learning through the adventure that we were you know that we the expedition that we were on so i decided to from that point forward that I, I loved, first of all, the challenge of not knowing if I could finish something. I just loved that. I loved the, the unknown. And I knew there were so many places that I wanted to go. So 
I sort of said, all right, I think that's what I want to do from now on. I don't think I want to go back to racing. I think this is what I want to do. And then also I knew at the same time that I wanted to somehow share what it was that I learned with others. So that became a foundation called Impossible to Possible, where I take young people on free learning-based expeditions around the world. And as well, um, you know, my own expeditions of which there's been dozens since, since running the Sahara where, you know, we're using internet to communicate with schools and satellite from these remote places. So that's kind of how it all started. It's, it's interesting when you have these experiences that like compel people, you know, to, to wonder or to like stoke their curiosity and like take the, you know, bear the burden of responsibility or whatever. And like, you know, challenge themselves because I've been in uh, several education environments and it's really interesting as an adult and an educator when I got to the place in my life where I was very hungry for knowledge and information and for me it wasn't you know during school and there was just like um, several like life events that came into play that uh, where I would blossom as like a, a learner, I guess. And I fell in love with the idea of being a lifelong learner. Um, and and I, I saw a lot of benefits in my own personal life. And I've been interested in how people, how people get there, how people get really excited and motivated to challenge themselves and to um, grow their comfort zones um, and, and to do it like you know, voluntarily, like it's because it's one thing to do it as like a, you know, to fulfill your like livelihood and to make ends meet, right. And I really admire people who do do that, because that takes a lot. Um, but then it's another thing to like, push yourself in these ways, just for the sake of loving something, right to like bring on yeah. the drama and bring on the challenge um, for for some sense of, of joy, right. And like, if if I can impart any kind of you know, information that I've learned, you know, onto my, my son, for instance, who's like nine, it's almost that it were like to go out um, and to face the things that are really uncomfortable and to realize that there's like some intrinsic level of reward there. Um, and it's cool that you're like, you're putting that into play and you, you, you practice that almost to like a, you know, a high degree. Like Well, you know, and it's, and it, you know, I think the thing about it too is, you know, when we in retrospect, everything looks different, right? Because you're looking back to the experiences that you've had. But when we finished the running the Sahara project, which, by the way, if anybody was interested out there, any of your listeners, there, there was a documentary film made about the expedition called Running the Sahara, as one would think it would be called. And you can still <laughs> see it. I think it's like still on iTunes and, and Netflix and all that jazz. So um, I think I think that the, the, the thing for me was at the time in the current state of where my head was at and everything else that I re it really was not about anything else like when I started the the journey that you know it would lead to eventually me doing this like full-time I had no money I mean I very had very little I was working my ass off as a personal trainer I was making things happen in my life but it wasn't about that do you know what I mean it yeah. was really you know, in the completion of running the Sahara and all the ultras and look at some of these ultras that I was doing that I was actually able to win. I had never won anything in my life. And wow. so running right off the bat taught me never to underestimate 
ourselves and that and that mm-hmm. each of us is capable of doing something extraordinary in our lives. And the expedition, the running the Sahara expedition, which was like an extension of the ultra marathon, you know, it taught me that I was capable of so much more than I thought. And that, uh, you know, doing things that you love in your life, like having a passion and, and, and you have one life. Like you literally have one life and it's a finite number of years on the planet. And I just, I took from that experience that I just wasn't going to waste any time. I wasn't going to be stupid about it. Like whatever. Right. You know, I have a family, I take care of my family, but you know, at the same time, you know, I wanted to really derive at points in every day satisfaction. So no matter what, everybody's got hard days, everybody's got good days and bad. But overall, overarching theme, my goal was to make it something that I was passionate about, life to be something that I was passionate about, you know? And yeah. so when I finished running the Sahara, I said, okay, so, you know, the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to do a, another really tough expedition. I'm not sure what it's, what it's going to be. And I did do some projects, and then we ended up going to the South Pole, me and two other buddies of mine, and we broke the world record to the South Pole from wow. from uh, Hercules Inlet and all that stuff. But whatever, right? Again, even that's a funny thing because it wasn't like we went there with that intention. Yeah, exactly. You know, like we we it, it, nothing. There's anything wrong with that. It's just that for us and for me at the time, it really was. I just want to do this thing because it. I'm learning so much from it, and it feels right. And that led to all the other stuff that I'm doing, like with Impossible to Possible and with my guiding company now and everything else. But that's so. what I think is interesting is that it's like you have this almost this duality where like it's really important to strive or to set your aim. But then the obsession and the, the rush to achieve that aim is almost missing the point. And it's really hard to be able to describe that. Like you have it with kind of, I think, imagine any of the expeditions or um, the ultra runs, at least. I have it in my, my adventures where it's like, you know, I have, I have a goal and sometimes I, in that, in the, the playground of that adventure, right. Um, I might have moments where I'm obsessed and fixated on my aim, but through that adventure and the realization of the adventure, I could look back on it and feel very real, like consequences or very intense experiences. Um, as a result of either obsessing on my aim, um, you know, not setting my aim well enough uh, and holding that whole balance. Like it's within right. that, that experience, I, I learned these lessons and it wasn't, you know, as a result of a lecture or someone, you know, planning out exactly what I'm going to be learning. The experience itself just lent, just lent that knowledge. You know? Gotcha. I hear you. I hear you. Exactly. Super and, interesting. Yeah. And, uh, um, w- when when did this like excitement for for life um and trying to live it to the fullest and like push yourself when did this start to blossom has it always been there throughout your life oh no 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 for sure not like i i like i i was sort of mentioning before you know i was a guy who was like a you know pack a smoker uh you know unhealthy guy who just um you know, couldn't, couldn't find a way, couldn't find the capacity to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. And, and, and what I realized was that I have a younger brother and my brother, John, he, 
would end up being my greatest inspiration. He sort of transformed his life. You have to remember, dude, this is like the late nineties. <laughs> it's a yeah. really long time ago. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was super stoked on climbing and mountain biking and paddling all these sort of sports that were, they were big sports, but they weren't calm as common as they are now. Yeah. And I saw him doing all these things and he was just so confident in what he did and in himself. And that was the original inspiration. So I think we look to others to find that inspiration sometimes. And I've often made the joke that, it, you know, if, if he was an electrician, maybe we'd be talking about wiring <laughs> you know, wiring houses today. Right. But because, you know, because the truth is, is it didn't matter what he was passionate about. I just saw the pureness, the yeah. authenticity of of what he did. He wasn't doing it to get 100 likes on an Instagram photo or a mm -hmm. thousand likes or whatever. He was doing stuff because he loved to do it. Right. And I just I was so impressed with that and on this crazy journey like since those since that day when i i committed i was like okay listen i gotta fix my life and i'm gonna you know cut back significantly on drinking i'm gonna quit partying i'm gonna you know quit smoking i'm gonna turn my life around and i'm gonna see where it takes me because i didn't really feel like i had a lot to lose at that point and i've often said to people that you know the most difficult challenges that we face in life are very relative to us as individuals we we truly experience things in a way that we can't compare to other people. Like what's really difficult for you and a difficult time for you, you can't compare that necessarily with someone mm. else's experience because they can't be in your head and you can't be in their head. Mm -hmm. You can definitely um, be understanding, but to be, to be honest with yourself completely, it's really your personal experience that you understand explicitly the most, right? Just like the great things that you achieve in your life. You know, you finish your first 5K run. I've had people tell me, oh, well, you know, I finished my first 5K. I was so stoked. But of course, I know that's nothing for you because, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I say, are you kidding me? I remember <laughs> that day when I ran my first seven kilometers we have a little loop near where i live mm -hmm. when i was training for my first ultra marathon which incidentally was my first running race ever was my first my first running race ever was a hundred miler in the yukon oh, and wow. i remember training for it and a buddy of mine was helping me run and one day we went out and although i was extremely fit from mountain bike racing and adventure racing i wasn't a runner you know, like running consecutive days in a row was really hard to do. Yeah. So, you know, we went out this one time and I ran 7K and I didn't have to take a walk break. And dude, it was like wow. ridiculous. I was over the moon, right? Yeah. And and the same way I felt that day running that 7K is exactly how I felt when I reached the Red Sea in the Sahara. It's exactly how I felt when I reached the Angolan border running 1850 kilometers across the Namib desert. Same with any of the other expeditions that I've done. It's that same feeling. It's relative. It's a relative experience. So, the, so that, you know, 5k is as relevant as anything else that anyone else is experiencing because it's your own life. Yeah, It's your life. It's what it means to you in your life, you know? And I think we're bombarded these days especially in the era of social media, we're bombarded constantly with either affirmations or lack of affirmations and things that we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to aspire to be instead of just experiencing it for ourselves on our own terms, you know, and being happy yeah. Yeah. and satisfied 
for what you do on your own. Like take out of it what you need to get out of it, not what others tell you you need to get out of it. And I think that's so beautiful because, you know, like the only non-renewable resource we, we like we have personally, right, is is time. And like you have this thing where you, you take people sometimes or like educators would take people and, you know, there's all this kind of things that we have to do. Right. And yeah. Uh, but how do you how do you how do you teach people to do the things that, you know, to do the things that you might not want to do, but you have to do. And oftentimes it's like, well, you just got to like grind through it. Right. And it's very like explicitly taught. Right. It's taught in a very abstract way. Um and the limitations to that is I feel like it, it doesn't teach people that like that intrinsic motivator to be able to look for those things that you truly are passionate about that will carry you through the, the things that you might not want to do. Right. And like it, it gets to a deeper thing where like, how do you want to spend your time? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I listen, you know, I've always been a believer that, you know, because I, I sort of, you know, the old ignorance is bliss. So I told you the first race I did, mm-hmm. the first ultra or first running race that I ever did was, was the Yukon Arctic Ultra. And in a very ironic way, I won that race as well. Cause I oh, never, wow. I never won anything physically in my life either. Right. And that's sort of opened my mind to the possibilities. I think that every one of us has in us, have you ever seen that? It's like a, like a meme. And sometimes, you know, I've seen it posted. I've even, I can't remember under what context, but I've seen it posted and I'm not, I'm going to get the words wrong, but it's something like you already have everything in you that you need to succeed. Right. And from a literal sense, I think, I think it does. There's a lot of validity to that statement. Like the stuff's already in you, you know, like all of this, this, you know, um, I don't want to say motivational, but all the stuff that we hear that's supposed to inspire us, like those things already exist in everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a matter of finding what it is that you want. You know what I mean? And taking chances on the things that you want to do, but it has to be on your own terms. It can't be on the terms of, or, or the levels or the numbers or whatever that someone else has set. It, it can be, I suppose, for some people, it can be, not judging. But in the, at the end of the day, really, like I said before, it's got to matter to you. It's got to be something that's really important to you. Mm. And, you know, I, so I have two daughters, great athletes already. They're, they're 12 and 9. They're expert cross-country skiers, trail runners, paddlers. They do, we live in an outdoor area. So, I mean, they do all these sports. But they, you know they're they're going to grow up in an era that is completely from day one social media right and it's a complicated double-edged sword on one end you've got this um amazing tool of communication you can have friends from around the world you can source information on pretty much anything you want to but the other end of it is unrealistic expectations unrealistic images of life that are probably not real life, you know, and all of these other things. And so I can, I I worry about that. And I worry that there's a lot of effect on, on, of that on people's personal expectations. If that makes any sense. I don't even know how I got here, but anyhow, I tend to go off on these tangents. No, that's great. But do you, do you find that like these experiences, like these, these sports that you have your daughters in, 
or like these experiences, right? Even if they weren't sports, do you feel like there's a way that, cause we all get afraid, you know, for our children and our loved ones and stuff. And there's this like instant desire to protect them. However, um, the reality of life is that it's, it's fraught with peril, you know, and to be able to like, really, if you're going to pursue anything, you're going to have to mitigate some risk. And, and you, you have like these sports, which are, I would say often can be meritocracies, right? Where they can judge their value or not their value, but their ability in the sport by pretty clear terms, right? They can really measure them. And so do you think that having them involved in this experience and with the proper guidance, you can actually steal or like ready their character um, to, to have like an internal, um, how do you call it? Like an internal value system in, in which to judge them themselves, you know, because I see the pitfalls in comparing yourself to other people. Right. And I get really afraid of that even for my son, but he's like really creative and there's an element where you want to share creative things. And it scares me that how he could be perceived in that public sense and, you know, in the whole dynamics there. But then I think about it in another way in which I can help him, I give him different experiences, right? He's like in martial arts, he does, you know, the climbing, stuff like that. And I'm just, my job or my, the role that I take on personally is that I'm trying to, you know, um, give these experiences where he could work his self-esteem out. And, and I hope that these experiences will ready him um, for, the, for the inevitable future that he has, which is probably more challenging, you know, and more fraught with like social peril than mine. Yeah, like, you know, I, so if I'm understanding the question, like you're asking me, like, sort of how am I, how are we navigating all these things? Are yeah, we, and how right? are you preparing I, you know, them I, for that? I, like, we just, I, I don't think of it necessarily that deeply about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I just, I make sure that I'm, I do stuff, we do stuff together. You know what I mean? And we build a solid, hopefully, foundation relationship with our kids and that's you know that's it i mean there's no magic i mean that's just you know we we are in the back country we do things you know and we get out there with them and um so all these all the you know i told you that we we broke the world record in the south pole you know we have a i have a guinness world record for that i have like a bunch of different awards blah 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 who cares mm -hmm. and i have it all tucked away in a filing cabinet none of it is on our walls there's nothing here in our house that references, you know, all of these expeditions that I've done or, or any of that stuff. Instead, we celebrate the successes of our daughters in, in whatever terms that those are. Mm -hmm. And that there is, you know, uh, the, the things that they want to do, the goals that they have, that's kind of like the priority that the way my wife and I have decided to do it in our house. Where, you know what I mean? Yeah. What inspired that thinking? That's, that's interesting. Well, I just, because I, I, I'm one of these weird people that can remember absolutely everything from way back when they were young. Right. And um, I had a great childhood. I mean, it was excellent, but I also remember the time in which we grew up. I remember the seventies like really, really well in the eighties. Right. And so I just decided that for our daughters, 
it's it's already a given. I have a I have a weird job. I'm an explorer, right? Mm-hmm. And my kids know that I'm on expedition sometimes a month, sixty days, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to talk about it any more than that, unless they ask. Instead, I, we, I'm so stoked. I, even in my train wreck days, I always knew that I wanted to be a dad. And so mm-hmm. I'm so stoked that I get to be a dad that I, you know, that is the greatest part of my life. It's not all these other things I've done. It's getting to go out, even on the bad days when they're fussing and they don't want to be out there. And mm-hmm. even on the bad days, it's worth it, you mm-hmm. know? And so I instead love to be out there doing these things with them and seeing the look in their faces of that they've achieved something, right? Wow. And it's the same thing with the foundation with Impossible to Possible. I see it all the time. Now, mind you, they're much older, 16 to 21 years of age. They're, they're young adults, essentially, mm-hmm. um, that go on the youth expeditions with Impossible to Possible. But I see it in their faces as well, that they've done this amazing thing, yeah. right? And for them, it's like just so mind-blowing that they see it they can now pretty much do anything they set their minds to for the rest of their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to see that in my kids, you know, I want them to feel that same way. And and I I understand that because I I see how you could like your, who you are, right. And your personality, if you let it, it could eclipse, um, it it could eclipse the growing personalities around you in some way, or it could at least dictate and direct that. Cause I, I think about that with like, with me for you know climbing and backpacking and doing all these adventures and like how much does my son strive to do those things to please me and i want to um make sure that what the tasks that we're engaging in right for the most part are things that he's um truly motivated by and to not get caught into this like trying to live up to my expectations in that way and it's like a, a pretty delicate balance because i find myself like uh, occasionally getting attached to different ideals like if we're in martial arts for instance and he's doing jujitsu and yeah he comes to the point you know after a few years and he's like i want to try this and i find that sometimes it's hard for me to unattach to the like the i guess the ideology right or the expectation of like oh no this thing and and then I've had to, I've luckily caught myself um, several times because I remember wh- when I was a kid um, that was it was got really stifling for me and it was really confusing um, w- what I was motivated by and I find that even as an adult sometimes where like for instance I could be driven to participate in one sport over the other and be conflicted because maybe I don't like it but I find myself trying to please other people. And what you were saying before is like, that's a very personal thing, right? Right. So what I found was interesting was when we had those sports and my son was like, well, I really want to switch. Those are those kind of moments where him and I were able to have like a very personal learning experience from that. And I was really thankful for that. And I see how I could probably never have planned for that as a parent. And it's so interesting, like all these things that I wanted to do as a parent and all these expectations when he was little <clears throat> and how those expectations were actually barriers and walls a lot of the time from what was really going on and what he really needed. And I'd have like a lot of checks right throughout his whole life. Mm-hmm. So he's yep. like, even like, we're going to go backpacking. Right. And it just finds out that he wants to play in a river. And I realized that like my whole approach to learning with like, <clears throat> 
it wasn't very experiential learning, right? It was very like rigid expectations. Um, it had its downfalls. Uh, so do you use like your, your lessons from experiential learning on your expeditions? Do they influence your parenting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do. I think that, uh, you know, I've had some close calls on my own expeditions in the past. I think I've, uh, you know, I, it's sort of a combination of the things that I've learned on our, on my own expeditions, on our youth expeditions with Impossible Impossible, but also from just being young and remembering what it felt like to be young. Mm-hmm. You know, I, re, I remember distinctly, I remember having anxiety when it was time for gym class. You know, I was just a, not a sporty kid at all. And remember conventional sports in the seventies and eighties, you know, obviously there was track, but it was mostly football, hockey, baseball, those kinds of things, right. Which are the exact opposite of what it is that I am all about. Yeah. So, I mean, not that I don't admire those sports. It's just not what I do. I can't throw a ball. It's like a, watching a comedy. And, um, I, you know, so I can remember what that awkwardness felt like. And I always said to myself, you know, never forget what this feels like, you know, and now knowing that I'm, how does that affect my parenting? Well, you know, I think it just makes me that much more want to celebrate the things that they are passionate about. Um, you know, like my older daughter's very passionate about flat water paddling. So I don't know what part of the world you live in, but if, if I said K1, K2, like the flat water mm-hmm. kayaks, you see it in the Olympics for people that listen to your podcast that don't know, they're like the skinny boats, right? Yeah. They're like, like little so sea she, kayaks almost. No, half oh. the size of a sea. I mean, they're really, th- they're like, you know, like the, in the Olympics, it's a, it's a big thing. You know, that's really oh. the only time that ever seems to be in the mainstream. And so she loves that. That's her thing. Nobody else in the family is pat. Like I, we, we all know how to paddle, but we're not passionate about the paddling. She loves it. So because she loves that, we celebrate that in the sense that I support it. Get up at 630 in the morning, drive her to the, you know, the river where they get in the the boats and all that jazz wow. and, and, and do all the stuff that we got to do to support that sport that they want to do just like the skiing one wants to race mm-hmm. you know in cross-country skiing the other one doesn't want to race well we'll go to the races for the one i don't care where it is i mean cool. when she started out you know the racing she started last year you know we drove i don't even know dude like <laughs> two hours oh, for, a, yeah. for a race a race that was a kilometer long yeah you know like a kilometer sprint race okay the race is over in like five minutes back in the car and then do two hours drive back homework but it's worth it because so that is the the commitment part for me you know what i mean like just doing what i need to do to support the things that they love but anyhow that's rad man and when you when it comes to those kinds of like experiences that your daughters enjoy how do they how do they um how do they learn about them like, do you, did you go out of your way to try to uh, lay out like sampling different things for them or do they just naturally come into these kinds of sports and interests? No, I mean, look, they just kind of like, you know, uh, trail running. We've always, we've had them on the trails and we've had them on skis since they were three, <laughs> right? Because it's part of where we live. We live in Quebec and everybody skis in the winter and there's a lot of trail running. We live in a trail running community and everybody trail runs. And so we'd be out on, yeah, we'd be out on, you know, uh, we have them in our backpacks when they were babies and we'd take them out of the backpacks and they'd stumble around on the rocks and fall down. And then you put them back in the backpack and you go walking and they just get used to 
the motion of being on the rock. So they've only ever ran trail, you know, and for them to go running, you know, on a, on a weekend together, on, like during COVID, we did, we, we created this thing that was like the Sunday family adventure and we would do it every Sunday, no matter what. Hmm. And, um, you know, the, for the girls to go out and do, you know, 15 K 16 K 10 miles, whatever, and climb, uh, 1500 feet. In, in technical terrain and, and mm-hmm. run every step that was normal for them. Mm. You know, it was very normal because it's just, so in their minds, the things that they're doing is normalized. There's yeah. nothing weird about it. You know, and they set the boundary. If it's too hard, then that's it. It's going to be too hard. We don't do it. You know? <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's cool because in those environments, those are very like, I guess, visceral and, and intense things in terms of the boundaries. See, I even have that with like um, scrambling with my son, right? Um, there's some level where, where he sets the boundaries and that where I can, I can keep him safe. Right. Um, and like, those are, those kinds of things aren't the same things that I'd experience in my living room. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not trying to say anything like negative towards anybody who who doesn't like get out there and have an adventure right but the the situation right even just being on a trail is so is so intense um that it's hard to ignore what's going on with like all the boundaries and and effort level and stuff like that yeah exactly well i mean for sure i mean you know that's but that's part of the the growth thing too right Mm -hmm. You know, um, the harder it gets, uh, you know, you sort of take more from it. Right. And the more that's happening around you, the more you get out of it. So, yeah. yeah. And do you, do you ever have any, do you have moments with your, um, with your daughters to where they find themselves in like a, um, a, a physically challenging scenario or an emotionally uncomfortable scenario when you're out? Oh yeah, of course. What, what are yeah, some like, of course tactics that you've had and like helping them cope with it or, or things that you've wrestled with as like a parent and how you approach that? Well, because so my wife and I'll go out with the two kids and like the older one, obviously the older one runs like an adult. And mm-hmm. then, so, you know, if, if, if the little one is feeling, you know, on the trails, like she can't keep up, then one of us, Kathy or I will, will run with the little one. And then the older one goes ahead, mm-hmm. you know, and for sure in initially that caused, huge you know dilemma right for the little yeah. ones the little one wants to keep up but then she begins to appreciate that where she's at is significantly faster and better than where she was the year before uh, and that her yeah. big sister her big sister is a couple of years older than her and it's just it's good for her to know that yeah her big sister's faster than her right now but she will catch up because she is catching up yeah. and she knows that she's catching up over time so that's you know cool. what I mean? Uh, so when we're out there and, and if there's a meltdown, if there's a mm-hmm. meltdown, I say, look, hey, guys, if you don't want to go today, we don't go. It's yeah. that easy. That's like there's no stress. Whatever. Yeah. You know, we don't care. So mm-hmm. we'll just go back home, you know, and then make built in the backyard. I don't care what we do, yeah. you know, and so there's no pressure. And, um, you know, I, it, it's interesting because I'll have parents that'll reach out to me and they, they you know, because I'm one of these overly proud dads and I'll post photos of our kids skiing or whatever. And it looks like it's always a great, fun family adventure. I say, no, it's not. And I've written <laughs> about it on social media before. I've written about when it's not all fun and, 
you know, it, like the images and like yeah. we were talking about earlier in this conversation, when I said social media has a double-edged sword, it, you, you know, that you create a message and then there's a recipient of that message mm-hmm. and how that recipient digests the message becomes the reality for that person who's reading your message. It may not be the actual reality, mm-hmm. but they percept, perceived the reality, you know, you get yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's saying to people, look, it's like, it's like totally normal, you know? And, um, you know, and, and uh, as for any one of us that are doing these things, my my wife runs these 200 mile races mm-hmm. and um, she does well at them as well. And, and you know, there's, it hasn't been easy. It's not easy for her when she goes, but she does these things because they're exceptionally hard to do. And mm-hmm. she works really hard at a job. She's constantly busy with her work. So she doesn't have all the time in the world to train. And she gets ready and she goes and does these things because she really wants to do it for no other reason than to see if she can. And whether saying that or not out loud, those words, the girls, our girls infuse that. Like they, they get it by osmosis Yeah, because you just, you know, everything that's happening in the house that's, that surrounds my wife going off to a race, Mm -hmm. they're picking up on those little messages, the good stuff and the bad stuff. Yeah. So they can gauge how they're going to feel in their life about stuff. You know, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you get that, like that, you know, that role modeling and then you allow the room because it's just naturally their interpretation of what that looks like. Right. Exactly. And it's seeing that's the, but that's the thing that you have, you talk about there with your girls, right. And the, the dilemma with the youngest one, um, in, in, like projecting her pace on to her older sister and then in dealing wrestling with all those things that's what i mean like in that little dynamic like you don't have to set it up or anything it's in a natural like um framework of this situation this experience is i think that that's like that dynamic right is something that i think people it experience um in the social media where you know yes. you're, you're reaching out for validation, you're projecting yourself, comparing yourself to others, and I think about that a lot, and I get like really like nervous, you know. And um, there's certain places in our culture where it's like you you point the finger, and I'm not criticizing this. I just find it interesting. You point the finger at the things that the people who make the like make content or you know the platform itself, and it's like that makes me feel that way, you know. That makes me feel like I have to like. Uh, take photos of myself to validate, you know, my lifestyle. And that makes people, you know, insecure and all these other things. And I see the limitations of that because that doesn't help, you know, that like, that's just makes things a lot harder to work with. Um, But looking internally, having these kinds of experiences to learn, like, what are the downfalls of placing your validation externally, you know, and use comparing yourself to other people as opposed to comparing yourself to like your, your past efforts, right? And like, yeah, being able to evaluate what's in your control, and what's not in your control, like there's things about you that may not be in your control. And so if you, you know, um, stew on that, and you you try to measure yourself in that way, that can be fraught with peril, right? And it's like, there's all these things that you can learn and to try to prepare your child or even prepare yourself for life. But it's way easier to just go out or not way easier, but maybe way simpler to go out and go do something that's going to challenge you. Because then, you know what I mean, whatever your predicament is, whatever your struggles, perhaps you might meet them there. Yeah, I hear you on that. You're absolutely right. 
you, you talked about you learned a lot through like the framework of these expeditions, you know, um, from like, you know, economics of the culture um, and, and things like that. Could you elaborate on like what kind of like what are the th what are consistent lessons that you bump up into, whether it's like personal struggles or if it's the locality on your expeditions? Um, well, you know, like, say that again, like in what way do you mean? So like, what are the things that you're, what are the lessons that you're learning um, from the, from your expeditions, whether it's like, you know, personal lessons or what kinds of things about the locality do you learn about? Well, I mean, you know, so I've covered, I don't know, close to 18,000 kilometers now on wow. expeditions around the world on foot uh -huh. and the lessons learned i mean it's it's just it's very dynamic it you is. know it's been an it's been a crazy journey and i have to say like it's learning about myself but it's also learning about others and i'll and i'll tell you one of the you know from a cultural perspective or from a a, a, a global perspective we have so much more in common with each other on this planet than we do differences mm. like i i learned that very clearly in in my travels and and not everything we see in in the news and everything else is is actually reality like people around the world i mean it doesn't matter what culture or what background you come from like people people just want better lives for their families you know they they want uh to laugh they want access to health care they want all the things that everybody wants in life do you know what i mean yeah and there's a there's a connectivity to people around this world that we're all interconnected all of us it's like we're on one planet you know and mm -hmm. and i found that i mean that sounds like kind of like you know over romanticized and dramatic words but really it's something that is sort of a a true feeling that i've had mm -hmm. you know in in mm -hmm. expeditions now again on the other end of it on the more dramatic stuff yeah i mean i've i've had number of close calls on expeditions i've had run-ins with wildlife of all kinds i've had parasites i've had injuries i've had you know tons of different things but i think being in a place like some of the solo expeditions i've done i crossed the atacama desert north to south 1200 kilometers middle of summer wow blistering hot minimal resupplies and when i did that expedition it was this this overwhelming sense that there's no finish line I mean, I, it, mm -hmm. you know, I ha I'm out here doing this because I want to do it. No matter how bad this gets, I chose to do this thing. So whatever expectations that are, are going on in my head around this expedition are ones that I've created for myself. Mm. And that, you know, if I really want to do this and I really want to be here and do this thing, then I'm going to continue doing it no matter how bad things get. And to be in the middle of a place like the Atacama Desert, driest place on earth, out in the middle of the mountains navigating you know across these salt flats and everything else and just standing in a place where you know so few people had been or it had been so long many thousands of years potentially since someone else had been in that spot it was just sort of a neat feeling to have it was a real sense of um sort of like an aloneness but at the same time you know you're you're also get this sense of uh, like it's almost like a self-awareness in like uh, you're i don't know how to say it right i'm not getting the words right but it's like this this re this sense of 
you put yourself there. Mm-hmm. You know, you chose to be there. Now appreciate it more than you with every fiber of your being when you feel like that sense of like loneliness right initially is that is that something that is a welcome sense of loneliness or is that oh yeah yeah for sure i mean it's all it's just part it's part of the course it's gonna happen well i'm I'm asking that that like i've i'll do like uh you know 30 mile or right and if i'm 15 miles you know one way out there and i don't see anyone sometimes i'll like it's just joyous and then i get hit with this like pang of loneliness and that's not like oh this so-, like you know i enjoy solitude but this kind of loneliness is like not a positive feeling of loneliness is is that how you're feeling or is are you enjoying the the solitude no i i you know it's it's a mix it just okay. depends on the moment right it really yeah. does i mean when you're stuck in a sandstorm alone and you can't navigate and everything uh-huh. i mean it, then there's there's yeah then you're kind of like oh man this not a good situation but you know it's just kind of like i don't want to say par for the course because it's such a cheesy thing to say but it's it's kind of the truth because it's just interesting that you like you sometimes i i find myself like if i am strive if i set my aim and i have this adventure in the midst of the adventure i'll might feel this like negative kind of feeling in this low and then it causes me to question my intent and why i set my aim and then through the realization of that on the other side um i usually have clarity of, of why I'm here and or in that, like, you know, you might be suffering, but you chose to be here. And then there's like some weird sense of joy in that, like discomfort. Is that, am I relating to your situation or no? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 I do these things cause it's, I love to do them. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, 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 there's no real, you know, um, there's no, nothing deep necessarily uh, about that i suppose but i overwhelmingly on every one of my expeditions is connected by satellite so whether i'm unsupported in the arctic or i'm supported crossing a desert um i'm utilizing satellite to connect my expedition to the classroom so i have this this when i'm on expeditions i love being able to share a place that's so remote with schools all over the world i'll get thousands and thousands of students tuning into an expedition and i love that um that sense that I'm able to bring them there with me as virtual teammates. So that gives my expeditions purpose. Like that's sort of a purpose for me, Mm -hmm. which may not seem like that big of a purpose for, for someone else. Like again, it comes back to this, it's relative to us as individuals, but for me, it's a, um, it's an important purpose. Yeah. That's what's meaningful to you. Yeah. That's cool. And so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Right. And that's what's cool. I, I even found like, um about the adventure racing and stuff is when i got into ultra running it was harder for me to um to really be inspired by you know a course that's really like laid out and what i realized is when i would the exciting times of running for me was when the course wasn't very straightforward or like you hit a boulder field or it's really technical and I I would often uh, feel kind of out of place, but then I started learning more about these adventure runs and that sense of like, you know, um, ambiguity and where the course is all like figuring out how to get from point A to point B kind of rests all on your shoulders. That's the kind of thing that like really inspires me. And it's cool to be able to talk to people like yourself who kind of, you know, went in that similar direction, uh, especially as I'm starting to, get into the adventure racing but i appreciate the conversation right 
Yeah, dude, this is amazing. And and I hope we get to uh, stay in touch further yeah, you know, down the road. And, uh, you know, I invite everyone, you know, that's listening to your podcast, if they want to follow any one of my expeditions or read up on some of the expeditions that I've completed, um, just go to my website. It's my name, raiseahab.com, or you can follow me on social media. I have a public page on Facebook, which is the one I post to every day. And then, of course, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, all the rest of it as well. Easy to find. All so. right, sweet. And I had one, one, just one last question, right? Did you, um, did you find that like personal training was something that was helpful for you to like jumpstart your career into doing like, or not career really, but for you to have a lifestyle where you can like go off and do adventures and stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, it was what my brother did, his profession. So that's why I followed him into it. And as a matter of fact, he was a functional core strength trainer, which, you know, helping people recuperate from injuries, whether they're athletes or recreational runners or whatever, getting people back to feeling good again. I loved that concept that you could use fitness as a way to help people. So that's how I got into it, but not necessarily connected to what I do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, it's, it's so it's such a rewarding thing to do you know i now i don't do it anymore obviously because i'm doing all these other things but it was a very rewarding profession i have to say so yeah all right cool because yeah it's where i'm like on the on the edge of of doing similar things like that but i find myself way more um like i really love adventure and i really love you know writing and things like that and so it feels like very much a sidetrack but um i don't know it's it'll be nice to just give it a shot moving forward and seeing how things play out but yeah i do that sounds amazing you know and um but um yeah i hope that we can chat again yeah you know absolutely. And, uh, thank stay, you for this stay friend. in touch yeah, yeah that's awesome and and please stay in touch and we'll uh let me uh let me know when you go live yeah absolutely <laughs> i right. will all right thank you ray all right, brother. Catch you later. All, All right. right. Catch you Woo. later. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really enjoyed getting to talk with Ray. He's quite the character and he lives a really rich life. And it's all because he's just made those choices and put himself out there. And he's helping other people access that, which I think is a, a really beautiful thing. And it's a testament to what all of us can do. One of the things that I loved about ultra running is like, you know, a marathon, right? 26 something miles is a lot but most people can do that and then you can extend that to like 50 or 100 miles if you do 100 miles once in your life you know that's something that gives you some level of perspective because you're certainly capable of that it's just incremental steps to get there and then i believe that if you get there it's pretty easy to imagine you can get a lot of other places too but if you want to um, support the support Ray, you can go and check out his website, uh, raiseahab.com, and his organization, impossible to possible, uh, com, And you can find him on Instagram, at raiseahab. And all of the links will be in the show notes. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can go to becominghumanpodcast.com, pick up some merch, Leave a comment, share it with a friend, maybe rate it on iTunes. And I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. And thank you for all the support. I'm going to play you out with a song by Christoph Crane called Work. I thought it was a fitting song. Enjoy.
long ago I figured out how to explore From laying on the floor I got up, opened the door You can get your hopes high But in time they just want more I can blame a raindrop Or stand naked in the storm From young and full of answers To old and no more questions The road's ahead of me And I'm the one with the directions for The slow dance is always sorta on the way back From the top of the world To a needle in a haystack I play back images, memories, innocence Everything that makes me feel like I can be a kid again Perfection Died in my head when I just let it go Connection Why take the chance? Guess I'll never know No, never I'll be the go-getter While these flaws try to draw a few more better smileys Standing on top of this low-level housing I'd probably jump if I thought it's gonna crowd Please, stars fall farthest Wise up, you shouldn't hit A small target My luck, I wouldn't hit I'm looking for the good, where'd you put it? It's underneath the footprints, the ones that I push with It's kinda like forgetting how to ride a bike When your life is designed on the past, you trying to fight Somewhere between flying the kite and high on the pipe I'm burning this inflammable world with a pilot light I gotta work, work when the weather permits The only opportunity I'm ever gonna get What's it worth? That depends on what you measure it with May you learn another lesson that you never forget I gotta search, search for whatever it is What you're capable of If you quit taking those drugs Leave it and take it as love Sleep or wake the fuck up It's a hard enough time Trying to make it out Without another stranger to trust See, not too long ago Before I finally got the good news You can always press record But you can never click undo It made me think I guess I have to plan Before I sink into the sand Cause in a blink I could lose everything So what more can I say? Yesterday is history And I'm reborn today And with the guidance from my friends And the support from those I hold dear Find me on the other side of the fence When the smoke clears You can't plant seeds with a monkey on your back You can't look forward when you're staring in the past You can't feel alive unless you dive to your head And if it wraps at this rate Our crops will grow back It's that bad moon darkness Waiting on the harvest Vacuum the past Do karma from my carpet Break the harness Escape from the sharks Just to argue about Whose pavement was the hardest This narcissistic heart skips But it's harmless So let's get this pity party started Survive the suicide Hanging from the armrest I'm trying to stay smart And sharpen up the dark tips I gotta play my part Till I'm departed Then you can bury my carcass Only inside of the margins Plant my soul in your yard And grow a garden Spill a little bit of ink there To mark I gotta it. work Work when the weather the only opportunity I'm ever gonna get What's it worth? That depends on what you measure it with May you learn another lesson that you never forget I gotta search, search for whatever